And if you're online, say it as well. Here we go. This is my Bible. It is a standard I live my life by. I am a spirit-filled believer, sustained by my personal relationship with the Lord, empowered by my commitment to community, and expressed throughout reach to others. Therefore, I can say, yes, and, uh, all right, don't forget that. Amen. I know worship, we're a little more heavy today because we're really trying to bring an emphasis to the cross and what this week represents. But here's something to get excited about that's right around the corner. Be sure you mark it down. Everybody say legacy forward. forward. Man, we're so excited on May 14th, Saturday the 14th at 5 p.m. with overseers here and you're here and invite friends. We're having a great just celebration. 32 years. Wow. Yeah. Started the church in 32. I've pastored it for 32 years. You've been watching over the last few years, Pastor Chris just stepping up immensely. Let's give him, Chrissy, a hand clap again. Yeah. So we're going to be swapping roles. We'll be right here, but we'll be out ministering and representing the church even more. Then the transition service is the 15th right here. If, if you've never seen something like this before, it's a powerful operation of the Spirit. And so mark these dates down. Don't go out of town. Don't go shopping. Come on, just mark it down because I want you to see it and feel it and understand what God is doing in our midst. And last week, Pastor Chris had a great message. You're in a fight. And if you don't know you're in a fight, you're getting beat up right now. So we're we're in a fight. All right, this week, what a big, big week. I love this time of the year. Uh, This week, Holy Week, some people call it that. And as Jeanette said, Palm Sunday, oh, they're all waving their palms and putting them down as Jesus is ushered in on a donkey. We've used that before on this message on the Sunday before Easter. Such a great thing that took place only for them to turn on him and what him did just a few days later. But Easter's right upon us. And I'm going to ask you to do two things. Will you do that for me? Okay, three of you and the rest of you. We won't, we're going to lock the door, and we won't let you leave until you do. But I want you to pray this week. Pray for it to have impact, the drama, the choir, all the things that will be going on. We have two services, Good Friday at 630, and then, of course, next Sunday is Easter. Be praying for that, over that, for God to use it. And even this Wednesday night, the adult classes, we'll meet in the lower building. We'll probably have a testimony or two, but we're just going to pray And then the next thing is invite. Everybody say invite. Invite. Studies show the best time to get a yes to an invitation, a sincere invitation from you to someone else is at Easter. Okay? And it's not just the fact Jesus has changed your life. What about if God were to change their life? And all you have to do is pray and invite. So I encourage you to do that. Today... We're going to have communion at the close of service. So those watching online, if you want to gather a few elements around the house, some crackers, juice, whatever, and we're going to be preparing for that. But today is a message of freedom. Freedom. And I hope we're all free. I want us to see today what this cross represents in so many areas. And are you experiencing all the freedom Jesus paid for? It's such a good word. So what are we going to talk about today? Mission possible, not impossible. It was possible. The power of the cross and the blood. So turn your bulletin over. Notes are on the back. 
There's freedom, powerful freedom in the cross of Jesus Christ. Freedom is a serious topic, very serious. What Jesus did for us is serious. And I want to describe to you the power of the cross and what that horrendous day, that time frame looked like for the Lord, what he did for your freedom. Are you experiencing everything he made available? The Bible says this, and Jeanette used this in a different translation, for the message of the cross is foolishness, foolishness to those who are perishing. You know, they just kind of do this, say, oh, don't believe, blah, 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 blah. Or it's, it's a decorative item. And really, there's nothing truly decorative about a cross. Today, it would be like you hanging an electric chair around your neck, okay? Now, there again, I think a cross is pretty, and we all have them. It's wonderful. But just understand, it's more than just a pretty thing. It represents freedom. It represents freedom. But to us who are being saved, it is the power. Say it again. Power. Power of God. And the cross itself contains power. It wasn't just that Jesus went to the cross and did it. Oh, I got to do it. Father wants me to do this. I'm going to pray and drops of blood or sweat going to come for me. No, there's power. Please get that power in what he did. Everything Jesus did was done intentionally and for a purpose. Are you experiencing everything he made available? And there are aspects of the whole crucifixion process that I want to describe today that are very important for you to see, and I must get this across today. It's critical you understand. There's power, power, wonder-working in the, of the, Revelation 12 and through 11. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Say the word. Salvation. And power and the kingdom of God and the. Okay. See, a lot of people stop right there. Salvation. Oh, I've said prayer. Get to go to heaven. Isn't that great? Say a little prayer. It's more than saying a little prayer. You better surrender too. Surrender every area of your life. Salvation and power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who is that, folks? Help me out. The devil has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they defeated him, overcame him by what? And by what? Don't hide your testimony. I, please, when God does anything for you, tell someone. Tell me. Tell Pastor Chris. Tell our wives. Tell, the, tell someone. The devil wants to, no, you can't. That's religion, and it'll kill you. You're going to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by your testimony, you using your own speech, your words, to share what Christ has done for you. And that's really where you come alive. There is power in the blood and power in your testimony. Jesus went through some very interesting days there. Let's just put it that way. Very interesting days at the end of his assignment. Now, it would begin on that Thursday night before the Good Friday. By the way, it was just good for us, nothing good for him. 
It is a good Friday for us. On Thursday night, Jesus and the disciples would celebrate the uh, Passover meal together. We have one here Friday night, the branches group. And I know they had a good time doing that, what that represented, who Jesus is. It's where we get our communion for the Lord's Supper, how Jesus instituted and changed it in the New Testament. After he had celebrated Passover with them, and they had the cup and bread, Jesus washed the disciples' feet, even Judas. And then he sneaks out, and he goes and betrays the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. He leads the group to arrest Jesus. Please understand this is before Instagram and all that, so everybody didn't know what Jesus looked like. So some maybe did, but he had to lead them to Jesus so he could be arrested. The chief priest had Jesus arrested. Jesus had made his way to the Garden of Gethsemane. He was getting his heart and his mind ready for the pain he was going to endure the next day. For you. For me. By the way, when you know you're about to go through something difficult, the best thing you could do is get before God before you face that thing. Not to complain, but to get his strength. If you live long enough, you face some hard things. That's why you need to know the Lord. He strengthens you. Jesus knows it's going to be a difficult, very difficult, but he's going to find his strength through his relationship with his Father. Not through a bottle, not through a drug, through relationship. And right when he's finishing praying, these Roman soldiers come up and arrest him. Jesus would end up all night long through six different encounters, or we could call them trials if you wanted to say that. By the way, that was completely illegal. It was illegal. In both Roman and Jewish law, you could not try someone at night. What did they do to Jesus? All through the night. No rest, nothing. But all through the night, he would go through six different encounters or trials. He met with Annas, then Caiaphas, then the Sanhedrin, then Pilate, then Herod, then back to Pilate. I mean, he was a ping-pong ball all over the place being beaten the whole time. It was an excruciating night for the Lord. It happened from whenever he was arrested to sometimes the next day, Friday morning. The chief priest and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence because there was no real evidence, okay, against Jesus so that they could put him to death. Religion hates truth. It's a substitute. Couldn't find anything against him, folks. Nothing they could pin him down on. Jesus is perfect. He was perfect. He is still perfect. And everybody says, I mean, how do you convict a perfect man? You can't. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. They even paid people to perjure themselves and lie just to see if somehow they could get him in trouble and get by with it and kill him. Why? They just wanted him dead. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. (laughs) Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And here's his response. You have said so. You've said so. How about that? So now they have a case against him 
because he is acknowledging through their question that he is the Christ. Christ means the anointed one with power to break the yoke of bondage over your life. The anointed one with the power to break the yoke of bondage over your life. Come on. He is the only one who has the anointing to do that over your life. Basically, he's saying, yep, sure am. Come on. It's as you say. And by the way, when Jesus says, I am, I'm not just a good man or a teacher or a prophet or whatever. He, it's a whole different equation now, okay? It's like Jesus has some interesting things to share with us in the past, but now, bam, he is establishing the fact who he, had, who he is. So he's either crazy, <laughs> he's our liar, or he is Lord. He's saying here, I am God. So you think he's crazy, he's a liar, or you're going to fall down and worship him. And I pray that that's our heart attitude, and we do, and we sing, and we worship him. So, I mean, they spit on him, they slap him, they do everything you can imagine. And they send him off to the most excruciating execution that human history has ever had. Look, this time in history... It was horrible for a convicted criminal. So let me bring one main Old Testament scripture. I want to bring it to light and bring it to life. Can we do that? Everybody with me? I know it's a more serious message today, but this is a serious topic because your destiny relies on this. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was for our iniquities, the that brought us peace was on him, and by his we are here. So he's pierced, he's crushed, punished, and wounds. All that for you and I. Wow. He did that. Isaiah saw this 800 years before it actually happened. He saw this in detail. So let me call this the four wounds of the crucifixion. What's interesting is that all four didn't just happen to Jesus. They happened to Jesus so you can receive something. Have you received it? We'll see. And too many Christians don't get it. This is available for you today. It'll cost you something. It'll be a devotion. It'll be a sacrifice. It'll be a surrender. He wants to own all of you, your life, your finances, everything, folks, all of you. You can have what he paid for on the cross so you can find freedom. Let me give them to you in chronological order. You know, the first thing that would have happened, they would have sent him off that Friday morning. First step in Roman execution was a scourging the scourging. They had a weapon called the cat of nine tails. And it wasn't your kitty cat at home. It wasn't that, okay? Handle about 18 inches long, uh, could have been metal or wood, but something substantial. And would have nine leather straps connected to it. But not only were they leather straps, but on each one of those, they would have tied bone, glass, 
wire, rocks, anything sharp, anything of that nature. Now, in movies, maybe you've seen a scourging or even some that have depicted this of Christ, and often it's just someone with a whip, okay, doing like this and so forth. Uh -uh. Mm Uh-uh. They would soak that in water, those straps, so it's very heavy, very heavy. And so it would take both hands, and it'd have to go like this and go, and embed it in the criminal's back, and then yank. Thirteen times across this shoulder, thirteen times across this shoulder, thirteen times down the spine. Roman law did not allow them to do it more than 39 times. Most never made it to the cross. They died in the scourging. Let me tell you something, folks. Jesus was no wimp, okay? And if you got pictures up and he looks all, you need to throw those away and get somewhere he looks like a man, okay? Get, he was tough. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap because he's tough. Yes. I mean, he was a carpenter. I mean, you name it. Come on. He, he was a tough dude. And Isaiah tells us why he went through that. We read it a moment ago. Freedom in our body, the whip. whip. Freedom in our body by his wounds were healed. We're healed. Every stripe was some disease, some infirmity, something you would bear in your body. He says, okay, I'll pay the price not only for your sins, but I'll pay the price for your sickness as well. He took the stripes on his back so you would not have to bear all this all through your life and identify with each thing, okay? devil loves to bring sickness on all of us. For healing in our body, a great physician, he's not closed shop, church. He's not. Well, Mark, why isn't everyone healed? I don't have the foggiest idea. Come on. God heals some on earth, and he heals some in heaven if you read all of Hebrews 11. Some here and some in heaven, and you've got to come at rest. Now, while you've got breath, a person has breath, you pray for healing here and believe God and trust him. 1 Peter 2.24, whoops, yeah, there it is. He himself bore our sins in his body on the, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds or stripes, you have been healed. So when we have communion today, if there's an area in your body that you're just battling with sickness, when you take communion, you say, Lord, I thank you. Those stripes were for my healing. One of the important things we can do when we have communion. Then they did something they normally would not do. They brought Jesus to the praetorium. Basically, that was the guardhouse where all the guards would go and hang out. So they brought Jesus over there, totally out of protocol, totally not acceptable to mock him, to mock our Lord. They're mad at him. He was claiming now, okay, he's king of the Jews. Remember, they... they, put that sign over him in crucifixions. But the Romans, they wanted to be over the Jews. So the guards are mad. So they put a purple robe on him. They're slapping him, blindfolding him, and said, okay, if you're a prophet, who just slapped you? Listen, not only could he have told them, he could have turned them into a grease spot. Come on, somebody. I mean, he could have done it. 
but he held his peace. Isaiah said he was like a lamb who was brought to the slaughter. He was innocent, quiet. They couldn't get a reaction out of him. So someone took a thorn branch or branches and twisted it around, making it into a crown with all the thorns, thick thorns right there in it, and shoved it on his head. Blood running down his face, intense pressure in his head, and Isaiah saw it. He saw the thorns and makes a very interesting comment about it. The punishment on him brought us peace. Where do you have non-peace? Come on, right here. This is where you have non-peace. Now, it may manifest in your body, blood pressure and anxiety and so forth, but it's going to start up here in your thoughts, right here. The thorns, freedom in my mind. Come on. The punishment that brought us peace. I'm speaking to someone today who has stress, anxiety, depression, nervousness, worry, fear. Your brain is driving you crazy. Jesus paid for that. I'm telling you, I'm trying to preach well, family, but I'm telling the truth at the same time. How about that? <laughs> How about a preacher telling the truth? Let's, let's do it. Jesus didn't just bring you salvation so you go to heaven. Jesus said to us in John, peace, I'm going to leave with you. I'm going to leave you with that. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. So look, if you're trying to get peace by watching the news, you're crazy. I meant you are nuts. I'm sorry. <laughs> Help me, Lord. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let's not let be afraid. Help us, Lord. And if you haven't experienced this peace, you've not experienced everything that he's given, everything he's provided on the cross. And if you're troubled and afraid and fearful and stressed over the issues of your life, and if you're saved, you're going to heaven, but you're missing a benefit. And I think this is an opportunity right now in the age where we live and all this stuff going on in the world and around us and so forth, where believers should be able to go out because what they've experienced from the cross and the blood, I'm at peace. I'm at rest, even with issues around your life. You will keep him in what? What kind of peace? Whose mind is on CNN News. Oh, wait, it stayed on who? Because he trusts. Where's your trust? Do you trust this right here? Do you trust everything that was provided for right here? Thank you, Lord. I just want to make sure you have it. So every time you see that crown, remember he went through pain and torment in his head. So you wouldn't have to have it in yours. Man, just use that in combat and prayer against the enemy when fear or depression, something come against you. Uh-uh, I'm not taking that. Jesus paid for that for me. So have you experienced the peace of God in the natural maybe where you shouldn't have peace right now? That's an amazing experience. If you haven't, you're missing out where suddenly some news, a situation, an issue, something happens that you should be falling apart. 
and you say, Lord, no, 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 I'm going to hang close to the cross. And, and that crown, that, those thorns in your head, you did that for my peace, and I'm going to experience that right now. Ha. And then you walk through that, and he helps you. Maybe the past two years, I hope that's been your testimony. Just walking in the peace of God, the strength of God, it's awesome. So I'm here today, you need to experience this peace, a peace that the world can't give and it can't take away unless you give it to them. Then after they put that crown of thorns on him, they brought him back into the public area like they should have never taken him off to the side to begin with. And they would make the condemned to die carry their own cross to Golgotha. They would nail the condemned in two places, their hands and feet. By the way, they might have nailed the Lord right here, okay, right here. In Roman culture, the hand was from the tip of your fingers to your elbow. If you've ever watched Romans greeting each other, this is why they do this. That's considered, all that's considered the hand. And so this was a stronger spot. If they nailed it in the literal hand, they would have probably had to tie a rope around as well because the weight would have just they would have just ripped right off the cross. But whatever way they did it, they still nailed them, you know, the hands and the feet. Then they'd get a little bend in the knees. I'm trying to just make this practical as can be. It's a heavy message, but you need to know what Jesus did. A little bend in the knees. It was specifically done a certain way with a bend, with their hands like this. And the goal was now that they would suffocate because the shoulder muscles were all separated and damaged and destroyed, they would have to just be hanging there and push up with their feet to catch some air if they were going to live. That's what Jesus did for us, folks. The crucifixion. What is this? You know, your hands represent everything you've done everything you've touched. Your feet is every place you've gone. Remember Isaiah said he was pierced, pierced for our transgressions, for our sins. Every place you've gone and you weren't supposed to and everything you've done you weren't supposed to. So this, the nails freedom in my hands and feet. Thank you, Jesus. Freedom, forgiveness of everything we've done. Someone would say, the Lord has forgiven me of my sin, but I'm still carrying this, and man, I'm sure he remembers, and I can't go back and erase it. Well, wait, 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 wait. We, we need to see some things here. He don't remember it, number one. Number two, he doesn't want you to remember it. He wants to cleanse your brain. You know, think of little boy who likes to throw balls, and their yard isn't real big, and his dad says, now don't throw the ball in the front yard. Well, guess what the little boy does? Throws the ball in the front yard, and guess what the ball does? Breaks the neighbor's window. So he goes in and tells dad what he's done. Dad's upset. I've got to go pay for the window. Goes, knocks on the door. Tells the neighbor, figure out how much it's going to cost. Pays the man the money. Comes back home, little boy gets a lecture, a scolding of some type. But guess what the father holds over that little boy all the time? 
Don't you dare do that. If you go outside, don't you? Ah, you better not. Ah, oh, ah. Holds it over his head. He's not forgotten. For I will forgive their wickedness and ain't going to remember them no more. Come on, folks. I mean, have you received, do you understand this? It's gone. But it goes further than that. Not only does he pay for it and forgets it, but he wants to renew your thoughts. He wants to help your thoughts. So when you talk about this, it becomes a testimony of the power of the blood in cleansing you and freeing you because then that will help someone else. If you don't get this part, you could carry guilt and shame for the rest of your life and hide and not have a testimony. Jesus wants you to have a testimony, folks. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience, your conscience, from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. Has your mind been renewed over your past? I love it. I know different ones of it in here and things you've walked through, and you're able to share your testimony, not with this guilt and shame, but like God has done a work in me. That's the power of this cross, the power of the nails and the feet and the hands. If you haven't experienced that, you're still under shame and guilt, and you're not experiencing everything the cross has made available. God wants to free you today, save you and free you. Oh, my goodness. Everybody say freedom. And finally, the Bible says at the ninth hour, he breathed his last. Now, the way you can figure out that just their day would start at six in the morning. Of course, our starts at midnight. So whatever it says, just think straight across on a clock. <laughs> so th- you've got to go back to manual clocks, all of you that are now digital. <laughs> Can you still remember a manual clock? So if they're saying the ninth hour, what time would it have been? Three. You're good. Give yourself a hand clap. Okay, you did good. Jeanette's giving herself a hand clap. She did good. <laughs> You know, sometimes they would hang there for a real long time. The Romans would sometimes, really out of mercy for the condemned, would take a rod and go behind the, the legs and use the cross as leverage and break the condemned's legs so they couldn't push up anymore. And they would suffocate quickly and die. But Psalm says none of the Lord's bones were broken. Isn't that great? None of them. Jesus had breathed his last, and they were kind of surprised. So to make sure, one of the Roman guards took a spear and ran it up under his ribcage to his heart. The Bible talks about this to make sure he was dead. And the Bible says out of his chest cavity came a mixture of blood and water. Medical science will tell you it shows the heart had already ruptured before the spear ruptured it. So how did he die? Blood loss? Mm -mm. Pain? Nope. Suffocation? He had a broken heart. And that means a lot to me. Hopefully to you. Have you ever had your heart broken before? Isaiah said he was crushed 
for our iniquities. Proverbs 17. Merry heart is good like a medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up your bones. I wonder how many here have had a, your heart crushed, divorce, a wayward child, death of someone who died way before they were supposed to in your thinking, a disappointment, a betrayal, how about that, a business failure. A simple misunderstanding that got so blown out of proportion, you don't know what to do. He knew you would go through those things. Why didn't the Lord just keep me from letting it happen? He knew you would go through those things. So he had to experience it and feel it for you. The spear freedom in my heart. He was crushed. Healing in your body, peace in your mind, guilt-free for your hands and feet. But folks, he wants to give you joy back. Your joy back. Some of you need your joy back. You need your heart to be healed. He doesn't just send you to heaven. He heals the brokenhearted. But have you experienced it? If your heart is still broken, you're not experiencing everything the cross wants to offer you today. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That's our Jesus. That's who he wants to be. Oh, yeah, he wants to save you. Sure does. But he wants to do so much more. Chris and Drea, come on up. I'm going to pray for you in a moment before we receive communion. And then I want to pray over these four areas. I want us to receive today by faith that God does a supernatural work inside of your life where you need it. Maybe you got all that down. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. But as I live life, suddenly there's another one of those things that hits me in the face. And I have to cling to the cross and remember what Jesus did for me. That's if you want to stay healthy. You can be a victim. You can quit on God. You can blame someone. Or you can say, Jesus, I'm going to receive everything you've made available. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, all I can say is thank you. You paid such a high price. Isaiah saw it. Freedom. Oh, gosh, freedom. So thankful for freedom today. We can only have it if we surrender our life to you. And I pray people respond that are here present with us or those that are online making a decision to give their life, all their life to you once and for all. If you're far from God, you know your life is not right with him, but you want to allow Jesus to be these things to you 
as you surrender and, and give him lordship. You're ready to repent. Give him control of your life. We're going to pray. Now, I'm going to do this a little different. We're just going to all pray together. We're not even going to acknowledge you that are here. If you're online, you can go to the chat box and someone will respond back to you. But we're all going to pray and then allow the Lord to do something even more in our life. So if you've never done this or it needs to be new in your life, really allow this to be real from your heart. But let's all say this together. Jesus, I need you. I am so sorry trying to live my own life without you in the center. I can't do it. I won't do it any longer. Today I surrender. I repent. I give my all to you. Now say this in meaning with all your heart. Be my Lord. Take ownership of my life. I believe you are the Son of God, the Christ that came to break the yoke of bondage off of me. I believe you died, you were buried, and you rose again. Today, I put my faith and my trust in you. Thank you. Thank you. You didn't have to, but you did it for me. In Jesus' name.